Greetings in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is once again my pleasure and privilege to share the word of God with you. Um, This whole year we have been talking about wisdom and power how God wants his people to move in divine wisdom and divine power. This is not for the privileged few, but this is available for anyone who desires it. And it is God's desire that we should desire it and he wants his people to move in wisdom and in power because as the days become challenging looks like when the darkness is covering the earth it is the body of Christ that has to shine brightest because they are supposed to be the light unto this world And that assignment of being a light unto this world and uh, being the preservative force of the earth, which is the salt, then we should move in wisdom and in power. And we have seen so many Uh, aspects of the divine wisdom of God in the beginning of the year and as we progressed we saw the different aspects of the power of God. So I want to continue in that vein Uh, as I've told so many times that to understand the entire message of the Bible, all you need to understand is Ephesians 1. Because Ephesians 1 becomes the lens through which you can understand the whole message. Uh, In Ephesians 1, he starts praying from verse 15. Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and power and might and dominion, 
every name that is named not only in this age but also that is which is to come and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all um, put the same verse verse 17 onwards from the Amplified yeah for I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him so that's the whole thing right knowing him is eternal life and what knowing him means is knowing insight into secrets and mysteries yes this is what the Lord wants to release to the church that he wants to release insight give his insight what is spirit with a spirit of wisdom and revelation it is insight you're able to see something that others are not able to see that is what spirit of wisdom and revelation is an insight into secrets and mysteries in the deep and intimate knowledge of him so what does that open us to yeah go ahead by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you so the spirit of wisdom and revelation how does it look in practice is your the eyes of your heart the eyes of your inner man will be flooded with light where you would know that you know that you know this is happening inside of you that is what the spirit of wisdom and revelation is so when you receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation and it is in operation the eyes of your heart will be flooded with light so that you will know and understand in fact the word is experience the hope to which he has called you and how rich is glorious inheritance in the saints he said apart once yeah and so that you can know and understand and experience what is the immeasurable unlimited surpassing greatness of his power so this is the phrase that I want you to concentrate come on say it after me immeasurable unlimited surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and exalted him at his own right hand in heavenly places but the previous verse so that come on let's all read this verse together so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable 
unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Did you guys just read this? This is too much to, too much to digest. God's power is immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing greatness. So immeasurable meaning without any measure. Unlimited meaning there is no limitation to his power. There is no measure to his power and then there is no limitation to his power. And then it says, surpassing greatness, surpassing greatness of his power in and for us, in and for us who believe. So this power that is immeasurable, unlimited and surpassing greatness, it is in us. Look at someone and say, immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing greatness, such kind of power is in you. It is in you and it is for you who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. This is super important. There were so many people raised from the dead throughout the Bible, right? In the Old Testament and the New Testament, God raised many people from the dead. Um, there was this widow's son raised by Elisha, the prophet, right? And then you have this guy who was carried and thrown into the tomb of Elisha again, raised back from the dead. And you see such instances of raising of the dead and then in the New Testament, again, you see Lazarus being raised from the dead and uh, the widow of nine receiving her son back raised from the dead and Jairus' daughter being raised from the dead. All these people have been raised from the dead by God. And... Is Jesus one more person that God raised from the dead? Just like how God raised all these people from the dead. Is Jesus one more person in the list of people who came back from the dead? Or is there any difference to what God did, did it in Christ? That's a huge question. Many times people think, oh, 
There are many resurrection and Jesus raised from the dead. And that's not how it works. The Bible says Christ is the one who holds all things together. Right? Let's just read three verses. Uh, John 1 verse 2. John 1 verse 2. Uh, 3 verse 3. All things were made and came into existence through him. And without him, not even one thing made that has come into being. So all things that were made, were made through him. This is one verse, okay? Then Colossians 1.16 says the same thing. He says, uh, what all things were created? For it was in him, meaning in Christ, that all things were created in heaven and on earth, things seen and things unseen, whether thrones, dominions, rulers. Whatever it is, it is all created in him and through him and for him. This is Colossians 1. And Hebrews 1 verse 3 um, says, He is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being, the outraying radiance of the divine. He is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature, upholding and manifesting. But verse 2, Yeah. By whom, whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of all things, also by and through whom he created the worlds. So there are more than enough proof in the Bible which says the Father created all things through the Son and in the Son and the Word, Christ is the one who is holding all things together. This is super important. Um, whenever we teach on the triune dance, we, we show the difference between this triune God creating and if triune God is not there, if you are thinking about a solitary God who is alone out there, uh, the judge God who is far out and all by himself, only one person. If God is not three person, other-centered, self-giving love. If God is just one person, Unitarian God, not Trinitarian. If that is true, just imagine, you know, that pulpit over there, uh, like that. You know, God is out there. If he has to create something, the creation will be something that he spins out and he observes from a distance. That's how all Greek philosophy and all these philosophy of creation, their idea is God is out there and he has spun the creation like how you would spin a top and keep it spinning from a distance, right? So in creation itself, there is a separation in that paradigm. But Bible says, there was no separation at all from creation because everything was created in him and through him and he is the one holding all things together. And that word 
becomes flesh. So this is not any ordinary man, Jesus, who was raised from the dead. It was the word that was holding all things together that was raised from the dead. So when God raised Lazarus from the dead, the power that he exerted was to raise one man from the dead. But the power that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead is not the power that he exerted to raise one man from the dead, but it is the power that he exerted to raise the entire cosmos with him. Entire cosmos with him because he, you know, he is the one who is holding all things together. And when he experienced death, that means we all experienced death that's that's how emphatic paul was able to talk that when he got crucified we were crucified it is not like we are god we also got crucified see if if i'm going to burn this bible don't worry uh, i won't uh, if i'm if I'm going to burn this Bible, every page also gets burnt because all these pages are part of the Bible. So just imagine every paper, note this paper is you and the next one is the next person and this is Christ. So in Christ, all of you are held together, right? These two things. Right? It's holding the entire pages together. All things are held together in him, through him and by him. And whatever happens to this, happens to all the pages. That's what Second Corinthians 5.14 says. For the love of Christ compels us to come to this conclusion. What, what is the uh, conclusion that we come to because of the love of Christ? Second Corinthians 5.14. It says, If... For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus. Come on. Can I hear? If one died for all, then all died. Then all died. If one died for all, then all died. Because this is not true for Lazarus. When Lazarus died, only Lazarus died. But when Christ died, it was not just Christ dying, it's everyone dying in him. That's why Galatians 2.20, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. How many of you believe there were two thieves who were crucified with Christ? Right? And Paul was not one among them. Yeah? Was Paul the thief? Yeah, is he saying that I was crucified with Christ like that? No, he is talking about a greater reality than those two thieves experienced. Are you guys getting what I'm telling? If it is true those two thieves were crucified with Christ, it's all the more true that you were crucified with Christ. That's how Christ holds all things together. But we consider those two thieves dying with Christ as a fact, but we dying with him as a fantasy. 
we know we believe it as a historical fact though two thieves were crucified with Christ but we don't believe his, it's a historical fact that you were crucified with him and that's the reason why we don't experience what we are not experiencing because in our mind oh Christ died for me so the evangelical christianity stressed on the fact that jesus died for you but it didn't stress on the fact jesus died as you are you guys able to understand what i'm saying so what is the message of the gospel that has been preached so far jesus died for you jesus died for you as true as it is he cannot die for you if he cannot die as you are you guys getting what i'm saying he is not another substitute see barabbas was supposed to be killed but during the festival time it was you know the customary thing for the romans to release one of the prisoner in exchange of another so they said ah give us barabbas crucify christ so in some sense there christ died for barabbas and many people think that's how the gospel is we were supposed to die but jesus died for us so that's why substitutionary atonement theory comes into play jesus died for you yes i'm not denying the fact that jesus died for us but the apostolic revelation is not just he died for us as an individual apart from us he died for us because he's the one who is holding all things together and he experienced death on our behalf meaning not just for us but as us look at someone and say do you know christ died as you yeah 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 say that again christ died not only for me he died as me that's the reason why we can say when if one died then all died that's the love of christ compelling us to judge us if one died then all died if he got crucified all of us got crucified not on our behalf i have been crucified with christ is this substitution or is this identification i've been crucified with christ is christ being a substitute or is christ identifying right or to be very precise he is paul is identifying himself with christ's death i have been crucified why why 
we can emphatically say that Christ not only died for us, but he Christ died as us, is because the wages of sin is death and Jesus did not have a sin of his own to die. This is very important to understand. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. God did not create death. What brought death? Sin. Sin brought death. Bible is very clear, right? Uh, read Romans 5 verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, thus death spread to all men because all sinned. So, death entered through sin. If there was one person who was sinless, it was Christ. So if there is one person who has got nothing to do with death, it is Jesus. Because he is not having the wages to receive. The wages of sin is death. But he doesn't have any sin, therefore he doesn't have any wages to receive. But he chose to die. So when he chose to die, he did not die just for you. He died as you because he did not have a death to die on his own. So the death that he died, the only death he died is not for himself. Am I able, are you guys understanding what I'm saying? He did not have a... Um, We don't have, um, what would you say? Uh, how can we talk about? Because in any game, uh, when a substitute comes, if a substitute comes in and scores the run, does it go to him or to the guy whom he is substituting for? Yeah? If he comes and takes a catch, the substitute comes and takes a catch, does it get into the count of the guy whom he substituted for? He took the catch. Hmm? No, they will mention that he is a substitute. So that's not how Christ's substitution for us works. But he did it, whatever he did it, only he experienced it. This is no normal person. This is the one who is holding all things together. So whatever he experienced, look at somebody and say, whatever he experienced, you have experienced. So this is super important. 
And when God raised Christ from the dead, it was not just Christ who got out of the tomb. It was the whole cosmos that got out of the tomb. And that is the reason 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be God, the Father, right? Uh, put it in Amplified. Praised, honored, and blessed be God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. By his boundless mercy, we have been born again to an ever-living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So you're not born again by making a prayer. You're not born again by jumping some hoops and loops and doing some formula. You are born again through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This is no small matter. When God raised Christ from the dead, the cosmos got born again. Your friend who is in the bar drinking is born again through the resurrection of the dead. So the proclamation of the gospel to him is not that so that he can be born again. The proclamation of the gospel is, do you know that you are born again through the resurrection of the dead? And that message awakens his heart to believe and it becomes his reality. And he is saved through the proclamation of the gospel. It is, the proclamation of the gospel is not creating a reality for him. The proclamation of the gospel is making the reality as his reality. Whether he believes it or not, the reality doesn't change. Because Christ is holding all things together, including your joke of friend. So when God raised Christ from the dead, the whole cosmos is raised from the dead. Okay, leave the cosmos. I don't want you to believe for the cosmos right now. All I want you to believe is when God raised Christ from the dead, that you have been raised from the dead. How many of you believe that? Do you really believe that? Honestly, think about it. When God raised Christ from the dead, he has raised me from the dead. Our union is so perfect. So much so passion translation in Colossians 3 verse 1 says, it says this, I love how it says directly, right? Colossians 3 1 says, come on, read it out loud. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection to look at three people and say Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too so how many of you believe Jesus death burial and resurrection is a historical fact it's a historical fact so if you go to Israel they'll show you depending on the amount that you pay <laughs> they'll show you a few places. This is where Christ died. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, um, 
this is where Christ died. And then they will take you to a tomb and they'll say, this is where Christ's body was laid and God raised him from the dead and the tomb is empty. It will be as good as it is, which Indians will do. Wherever we go, we write our name, right? We don't care. <laughs> Starting from the lift in the apartment to the bathroom toilets that you go to the mall, you will see so many names. I don't know, we have this innate thing to write our name wherever we, yeah. See. In our table, in our door, we have Vijay and Daniel Raj. <laughs> wherever he goes, he keeps writing his name. If there is one place, if you write your name and it is not wrong, is when you go to the tomb of Jesus and write your name. It won't be wrong because that is your tomb as much as it was Christ's tomb. And when Christ came out of that tomb, you did come out. You did come out. Put uh, Romans 6, verse 9. 6, 9. Come on, read it out loud. I pray that you would have revelation in this verse. This can change your life. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. People keep saying, Oh, God raised Lazarus from the dead, but he died again. God raised Jairus' daughter from the dead, but he died, she died again. Oh, God raised so many people from the dead, they all died again. But the Bible says, God raised Christ from the dead and he dies no more. And his resurrection is your resurrection too. It's not Lazarus' resurrection, your resurrection too. It's very important with whose death and resurrection we identify. We don't identify ourselves with Lazarus' death and resurrection. Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. Death no longer has dominion over him. So, because of our identification, wherever Bible says Christ was raised from the dead, what can you put? Yeah, you can put your name. Because Paul, that's exactly what he did, right? I have been crucified with Christ. We have been raised with Christ. So he is, he is, he is doing substitution on the other way around. Wherever Christ comes, comes, he's putting himself. Oh, I've been crucified. I've been dead. I've been raised. 
And Christ, who was raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. But the death that he died is not the death of his own because he did not have sin of his own, so he did not receive the wages. So whose death did he die? Whose death did he die? My death he died. Acts 13. Let's read from verse 29. Now when they had fulfilled all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. He was seen for many days by those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses to the people. And we declare to you glad tidings that promise which was made to the fathers. God has fulfilled this for us, their children, in that he raised up Jesus. As it is also written in Second Psalm, you are my son, today I have begotten you and that he raised him from the dead no more to return to corruption. He has spoken thus, I will give you the sure mercies of David. In many churches, this would be given as the yearly promise. I will give you the Sure mercies of David. Isaiah 55, verse 1 says, Come and drink, come and buy. Those who do not have money, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. You who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and Milk without money and without price. Two verses should come to your mind when you read this. One is the verse that says in John 7, 37, Jesus who says, all who are thirsty, come to me, I'll give you waters. When you believe, out of your belly shall flow rivers. And then again in the book of Revelation, John quotes the same verse from Isaiah saying that all who do not have money, come and buy. Come, all who are thirsty, come and drink of the rivers of life. Okay, after saying that, um, what does it say in Isaiah 55? It says, uh, why do you spend money for what is not good, what is not bread, and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Yeah? Incline your ear and come to me here and your soul shall live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. Wow. So, when he says come, drink, Come, eat, come, listen, 
what is he giving you he is giving you the key to life he is giving you the key to everlasting life that you may that your soul shall live and i will make an everlasting covenant with you the sure mercies of david so what is the sure mercies of david acts chapter 13 yeah come on read that he raised from the dead what did we read in romans 6 christ being raised from the dead dies no more death no longer has dominion over him what does it say here he raised him from the dead no more to return to corruption for he has spoken thus i will give you the sure mercies of david go ahead therefore he also says in another psalm you will not allow your holy one to see corruption for david after he had served his own generation by the will of god fell asleep was buried with his father fathers and saw corruption but he whom god raised up saw no corruption so he whom god raised up death no longer has dominion over him he whom god raised up sees no more corruption and that's the kind of resurrection that god has done for you and that is called the sure mercies of david that's what the sure mercies of david is all about and now let's get back to a test text ephesians 1 so i explained to you what has really happened in the resurrection of christ so when christ was raised you were raised and christ who is raised dies no more because death no longer has dominion over him and he will not allow the holy one to see corruption do you know you are not supposed to see corruption in any form or matter because you are a holy one who has been raised together with christ put it in amplified verse 19 i pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation insight into secrets and deep mysteries in the deep and intimate knowledge of him so when you do that when you have that spirit of wisdom and revelation when your hearts are flooded with light so that you may know and understand what is the immeasurable unlimited surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength so whatever power he demonstrated 
in the working of his mighty strength when he raised when which he exerted in raising Christ from the dead how much power it would have taken for god to raise christ from the dead to recreate the entire cosmos into a new creation that kind not that kind of power the bible says the very same power very same power very same power which he exerted in christ currently is working in us and for us who believe Ephesians 2:5 In the amplified when even when we were dead by our own shortcomings and trespasses he made us alive together come on touch three people and say he made us alive together he made us alive together in fellowship and in union with christ he gave us the very life of christ himself he gave us the very life of christ himself the greatest power that is on this universe is the power of resurrection life the greatest power that you can ever subscribe to in all its dimensions whatever the word power has connotation today cm has power president has power this currency has power this passport has power in whatever way you use the word power the resurrection power surpasses all that power incorporates all those power and surpasses all those power surpassing greatness of his power he gave us the very life of christ himself the same new life with which he quickened him on the third day the father raised him by the glory by his glory it was the spirit who quickened christ from the dead so the spirit is called the glory of the father so when the spirit quickened christ from the dead the same quickening spirit has quickened you as well 
you have been raised no more to return to corruption no more to die because death no longer has dominion over you because Christ has given his new life to you so why are we still dying why are we experiencing what we are experiencing in our mortal bodies because we have been raised romans 8:11 says put it in new king james come on read but if the spirit of him who raised jesus from the dead dwells in you he who raised christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies so he gave his new life to us through imparting zoe in our spirits we have been quickened with that, with him as beings as quickened being in union with christ and with holy spirit who is dwelling in us the holy spirit wants to quicken our mortal bodies right now you have been quickened with him but your body has to be quickened by the same spirit that quickened you with him you were dead in trespasses but you were quickened with him you were raised up together with him and that same spirit that raised christ from the dead who raised you up as well resides in you right now and he wants to quicken your mortal bodies come on read it but if the spirit of him who raised jesus from the dead dwells in you he who raised christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies so switch back to ephesians 2 verse 5 in the amplified and continue and he come on read it and he raised us up together with him and made us sit down together giving us a joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere mm okay go ahead he did this that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come the immeasurable the limitless the surpassing riches of his free grace in ephesians 1 we read we read the immeasurable unlimited surpassing greatness of his power put that verse 19 right immeasurable unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in ephesians 2 we read the immeasurable limitless and surpassing riches of his grace ephesians 2 yeah immeasurable limitless and surpassing riches of his free grace 
and his kindness and his goodness of heart toward us in Christ. So, when God raised Christ from the dead, he did it to demonstrate his immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing riches of his grace. The same immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing riches of his grace, when it is working in you, the limitless, immeasurable, surpassing greatness of his power will be made manifest. You guys getting what I'm saying? How does this surpassing greatness work? In chapter 3 says, when we know the love of Christ that surpasseth knowledge. Yeah? Ephesians 3. Again, he begins to pray. So Ephesians 1, there is prayer, and Ephesians 3, there is a prayer that you might know the, surpass, the, the love of Christ that passeth knowledge. Yeah. That you may really come to know. Come on, read it out loud. That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. This is the problem with today's Christianity. We have Bible college after Bible college after Bible college imparting knowledge without experience. It's not a degree to receive. It is an experience to have. The knowledge of Christ is not a subject you study and graduate. It is an experience to have. Look at somebody into the eye and say, God wants you to experience his love, experience his grace, and experience his power. Right? Read it one more time. That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience that you may be filled through all your being. All your being, what is it? Your spirit, your soul and your body. Your mind, your will, your emotions, your thought patterns, your belief systems, every single cell of your body, everything, your, your nerves in your eyeballs, you know, your hair, every single cell of your being, your spirit, soul and body, through all of your being, what should happen? That you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God that you may have the richest measure of his divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. That's called the body of Christ. And this kind of body the world will see very soon. 
a body flooded and filled with God himself filling you all your being this is too much power this is too much power that we should be hopeless in any situation we can't afford to be hopeless having so much of power in us whatever challenges you're facing the greatness of his power the surpassing greatness of his power which he demonstrated right put john first john chapter 1 verse 1 in the amplified and the life an aspect of his being was revealed was made manifest was demonstrated and we saw as eyewitnesses are testifying to and declared to you the life the eternal life in him who already existed with the father who actually was made visible was revealed to us his followers Christ was a demonstration of God's life on this earth right this life was demonstrated the eternal life was demonstrated for us when we look at Christ so god has called you and me to be a demonstration of his power Ephesians 1 verse 19 in the Passion Translation says mm. Read it I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you this is the mighty power that was released when god raised christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm look at somebody and say you will become an advertisement of god's power let's all stand we are going to pray you will be an advertisement anything that is not working in your life shall be made to work because of this mighty power that is working in you 
he who is raised from the dead dies no more for death no longer has dominion over him mm. death no longer has dominion over him death no longer has dominion come on declare death no longer has dominion oh death's dominion over your mind has to be broken god raised christ from the dead god raised christ from the dead either that is a historical fact or a fairy tale if it's a historical fact then your resurrection is a historical fact too yes it's a historical fact too but i want you to understand yeah 64 yeah we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father even so we also should walk in newness of life there is the life that you have received right now through resurrection is not just uh what do you say new in the sense of it's a new note or a new car kind of a new it is the newness it is the kind itself it's a new kind are you getting what i'm saying see you can have a new car there are so many bmws you can buy a new bmw that is one kind of new but if a company releases something that has not been released before which is a new kind of transport that is different kind of new that is not that existed before but it is new right now that the kind of new life that you have it is not a replication of the old life and it's new because one more thing happened but it is the newness of life that you have that never existed before <laughs> 